Can I be heard okay this time? Yeah. Awesome. So we get going? Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually what happened last time with our trailer was like I got a lot of messages from people and I don't know how to take this. You know, a lot of friends, like the guys and girls in you growing up and stuff and they're like, oh, you're like their first reaction. They love you, yeah. but they want to insult you. So like they're like, oh, like, your mic was so garbled. And we were using... We were using one mic. We were using one mic. But, you know, that could be taken with our trailer. Uh, our episode zero could be taken as, like, a compliment also because they really wanted to hear me, right? Like, yeah. that's what they were complaining about. So we've got two mics now. Yeah, you know, so we've upgraded the setup. We upgraded the setup. So at least we're, like, somewhat professional podcasters. But One would like, one would like to. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, but, you know... <laughs> The other thing is, I don't know if you ever, in an office environment, ever been in this situation where, you know, you bring in a box of donuts or something, or, yeah. or pizza for work or pizza for lunch, and it gets, you know, left in the um, in the lunchroom, mm. and so everybody like feels no qualms about going for like that first, second, third piece, but there's always that last donut and that last. Slice that's see, left. See, I have no sense of shame, so I gun for that last slice. It's just if it's been there a couple of days, then I, when the pizza is suspect, though. Yeah, yeah, when the pizza is suspect, obviously, then like all the shame is deserved. But I think I'm like you. Like, for, I don't get why people are all create this like put the last pizza slice on this pedestal. Like, I don't know. I'm like this opportunist where I will go in and get it, but I've never. <laughs> understood why that last pizza last donut in the lunchroom is like always no one wants to get it because they don't want to be the one to finish the meal i don't get it yeah. well it also might be at the back of their mind oh i've emptied out the box do i recycle it oh uh, what do i do now i'm responsible for this now aren't i uh, do i have to write the thank you note <laughs> all right all right that's it going this is enough banter let's get into it <laughs> Hey everybody, hey everybody, hey everybody. If you hear those sirens in the background, I don't know if you can, we're recording lots of sirens. It's not because we're in trouble, it is because the Alberta election is on. Yeah. The writ was dropped the other day, but I want to, you know, we want to welcome you to the aptly titled Alberta Election Podcast. I'm Omar, the best moderator for the Alberta Election Podcast that ever existed. And I'm here with my friend Vincent. Hi, everybody. This is Vincent St. Pierre from downtown Calgary. Yeah, and we're a bunch of, you know, this election is um, basically going to be decided in our city. And both of us, our inner city Calgary guys, our friends, been working here our whole adult lives, most of it anyways. Yeah, there's a, some, there's a trip to Ottawa for me for a couple years there. Yeah, yeah, we'll forgive you for leaving us, but you're glad you're back. And... You know, this is our pod. Thank you for all the amazing feedback from our trailer. And I have taken that into account to and got myself a mic so you can hear my voice better, as soothing as that is. And yeah, we're going to just jump into it. So this pod, Vince, what are we going to talk about? A couple things that we'd like to talk about today. It's the first week of the campaign. It's on Monday. It started in earnest. And well, things happened. You know, there was a week that was. One being, the CBC finally launched its vote compass. I always keep an eye out for it every election. They've had one for the last couple 
federal ones, and they had one for 2015 as well. And this time, you can actually hop in and actually answer some of the questions and see how closely you align with a great many of the parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we should, like, we should really tell people what this vote compass is, because I don't know how many people know what it is. And it's it's amazing. So, you know, for, for most of you listening, friends of ours, people, uh, friends of the pod, uh, and uh, enemies of the pod, if you, you know, exist. <laughs> Frenemies of the pod. Frenemies of the pod. Okay, so CBC, you know, this is the first few days of the election. Most of you, some of you might not even be paying attention to it, but you're like, okay, well, we've got these parties, you've got the NDP, the UCP, and all the other parties in Alberta, the Alberta Party, etc. Liberals, Liberals, Greens, uh, Bull Moose. Bull Moose. Um, Buffalo. 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 Do you have a Rhino Party? I don't know. I but, don't know. Hey, I was a participant in the Lemon Party, and I'm a little sad that it... It, it deregistered itself. So, oh, uh, sour lemons. Anyway, so well, fresher scent for the legislature. <laughs> okay, so we've we've got this vote compass, and like you might not be, you know, tuned in to all the different announcements from the different uh, parties and and leaders, and that's what our pod is for. But what this vote compass really is interesting is a way for you to check out where you are closest to another, you know, where your personal views are and how close or, or this similar or different they are from the parties competing in the election. So you go online, uh, you go to, I think, I think it's like votecompass.com or... Oh, uh, we'll have it in the show notes. We'll have it in the show notes, votecompass.cbc.ca. Anyways, we'll have it in the show notes. You can answer a survey and uh, this, and then you can see where you are in, in, on the socio, uh, like social, social spectrum and the economic spectrum in relation to the other parties. Now, you know, this is not perfect. It's developed by some political scientists. I'm kind of a nerd. So, for example, I tried the one in Quebec. Yeah. And it makes sense. I kind of was a right-winger for Quebec, you know, very much so, what you would expect uh, uh, the typical Calgarian to be. But my, I would have never voted for the parties that I was most aligned with. So, you know, or maybe I, w- I should have, but I didn't. I-, I wouldn't have anyways. But it's an interesting thing to do. I would highly recommend going to this vote compass and seeing where you align with the parties. So another element of it, and it's kind of fun doing it, you can see, oh, how far away am I from my preferred party? Or what is the uh, element of it where I go, hey, I didn't consider this option yet. And these folks seem quite aligned with me. It gives you some things to think about, but not what to think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's kind of what we are. So I don't know, Vincent, we haven't really spoken about this, but I'm not going to tell anybody, uh, maybe till after the election, who I'm voting for, at least on this pod. I will tell everybody if you follow me on on my socials, but definitely not on the pod. Because uh, the whole idea of this is just two friends talking. We might, we, You and I actually have a lot of uh, sim- political, similar values, but we might end up voting for different parties. Uh, but that's the idea is like, you know, to give everybody a way, like, you know, not, te- not to tell you what to think, but like, you know, a way to think or find out where you can find more information to make your own decision. Exactly. So wasn't uh, the CBC announced their vote compass, but there's also another announcement from the different political parties as they're starting the election season in earnest. 
Yeah, so this is going to happen a lot uh, throughout the campaign, different parties. So a few things will happen. Different parties will announce different policies to attract your vote. There will be scandals and they will respond to those scandals. There will be events during the election, a debate, for example, that will elicit response and reaction. But let's talk about some of the key things that happened. So we had the launch this week. What else happened this week? What so did the UCP do? The UCP announced their Alberta-wide tax cut, introducing a new tax ban underneath $60,000 for Albertans. So if anyone's familiar with their income taxes, um, they may know that it's 10 points up until $60,000. So as they shift it, as they introduce the lower bandwidth, it is a tax cut that's probably going to knock off about a billion dollars worth of revenue for our government. And, uh, and the impact on the services haven't been quite revealed yet, but it's a shift in how we fund this commonwealth of ours. Mm, no, for sure. And it was interesting. I don't know which happened first, because I saw an NDP announcement, and this might have been even before the election, where they said, we will, we will not raise income taxes on Albertans. And, uh, and I don't know if the UCP was like, well, hold my beer. I'm, we're going to lower income taxes on Albertans. So it's an interesting sort of tete-a-tete that's going on between uh, both, the, uh, the, both the, part, the major parties and uh, currently you know, who have elected uh, uh, MLAs uh, who are going back and forth with their policies. But what else happened? Like, what did the NDP do? Uh, you know, did they have a big sort of announcement as well? Or? Well, uh, in the downtown of Calgary, uh, Rachel Notley and a whole bunch of her candidates got together at this local group called Platform Calgary to launch their campaign. Uh, and it was one of those elements where, oh, they are strategically placing themselves in such a spot to highlight the values and the narrative they're trying to build and the story they're trying to put together on how they would serve Alberta differently than the former government. Mm -hmm. No, it's interesting because, you know, for some of you who uh, might not know, Platform Calgary is this big, uh, it's in the heart of the new downtown, the east side of downtown by the new downtown central library. It's a, you know, big place for, uh, it's like a tech innovation space. A lot of companies come there, a lot of job fairs. And so it's interesting to see the NDP launch their campaign with their candidates there. And then the UCP also launched their campaign in Calgary, but it was a, a, sort of a suburb of Calgary or something. So it was in someone's driveway. It was in someone's driveway, but in the suburbs. So it's kind of interesting contrast seeing uh, if, if you're sort of seeing the meta message, you know, the, what, what is the metaphor you need to get from this is the, uh, one is in the suburbs of Calgary, one is in the inner city of Calgary, but they're both in Calgary, which kind of shows and emphasizes uh, the importance they place on sort of this battleground here. And so that's kind of where the campaign's launched. But, okay, you know, I think we were kind of rambling. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about um, what is going to happen. So we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, what, is, what do people hearing this, what should they expect to happen this weekend? Like, what will they see from their local uh, campaigns, from the parties? What, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to see three things. 
Thing number one, you're going to see sign crews throughout the city delivering lawn signs onto public property, to homes. So you're going to see a whole bunch of blue and a whole bunch of orange pop up where there's typically only green. It's uh, just like how spring has arrived. Yeah. So too has all the lawn signs. Uh, then another element will be you'll see a lot of candidates out on the doors connecting with voters one-on-one. -on -one. Because one element of this has been the past six months they've been working to build their teams, connecting with folks in their constituencies, specifically those who are really passionate about the political process. They've won their nomination. And now that they've built up their support with their teams, they're now reaching out and asking, hey, can you vote for me? So then working through that, you'll also probably see, uh, just because since they're out on the doors, you might start noticing things popping into your mailbox. You're going to be seeing a lot more paper products come right to you. Yeah, you know, Vince, we've been on these political campaigns a lot together, and these weekends are these enormous like three sometimes two sometimes three shifts starting in the morning we take a lunch break the afternoon and then like you know late afternoon early evening i think there is a provincial time limit like they can't be at your door after eight and i'm sure political campaigns the smart ones anyways do not want to be there at, at nighttime when you're either putting your kids to bed having dinner or entertaining guests so you know you but it's this enormous aggregation of volunteers were coming at the door but what you know i think i know the answer but i'm curious to listen to you because you've run so many more campaigns than i have like what is the actual purpose of uh the local candidates like knocking on your door and having this conversation with you like what are they building towards like what is the tactical inside campaign sort of reason for it so every campaign i've run we look at election day and then walk 45 days backwards. Or in the case of provincial elections here in Alberta, the 28 days uh, backwards because you minus a week. Yeah. So you're looking at, can I identify as many supporters of my group? Can I identify as many you know, group supporters or people who could support me? And those undecided electors. Then... It's a process of working through the remaining three weeks of, oh, I have this supporter. Will they take a sign? Will they volunteer? Will they send in a donation? And for that middle group of folks that are on the, on the edge of it going, I don't know who I'm voting for. Well, you can engage with them on conversation. and Sometimes it takes just a kind conversation with a, a good candidate to connect little bit of emotional bond to say hey oh this person's reasonable i think i can i can have them represent me in, in edmonton and in some cases it's identifying the issue that that voter cares most about seeing where there's a bit of a density in different communities and coming right back next week saying hey work with the team we've thought this through we've chatted with rachel or we chatted with danielle and this is what we'll do different this is what we're going to do. Can I count on your support? And then the reason why we work back from election day is because when we get to election day or the advance vote or special ballots or mail-in ballots, we say, hey, have you voted yet? Can you go out in the polls? 
thank you for your support. Now, have you voted yet? So, because you're looking at that box of ballots at the end of the day, and if you win, you're able to implement your policy. But if you lose, well, you just expended a bunch of effort that didn't connect with an audience and didn't get it over the hill to actually uh, win a seat to then in, to take one spot in the legislature to advocate for their community. Yeah. Yeah, I think when the campaigns we were on, we always had this like concept of a win number. And you, the local campaign was trying to identify every person they could to get to this win number. And then you did everything you could. You called them. Like if you had to identify support, you called them, you texted them, you showed up at their door and made sure they had an opportunity to vote. And when they told you they voted or you could verify that uh, with your voter identification uh, tools and uh, every local campaign should have, then you say, okay, good, you're good, you voted, move on to the next one. But the interesting thing is you also want to identify the people you're, that are definitely not voting for you because then you don't send your volunteers back then to those houses. Okay, so that's kind of what was going to happen this weekend. You're going to see a bunch of door knockers and that's why they're going to be there. I wanted to kind of give you that uh, background. And so let's talk about um, sort of, you know, the thing we wanted to discuss is like why people in our uh, generation, millennials, you know, the why are they so important in this election? Like, why is it that us who've been sort of working in our uh, late 20s, 30s, I guess early 40s, like, why is it that we are so key in, in who's going to determine who wins in this uh, election here? So, Omar, I'm going to throw out the idea, and I looked at the Statistics Canada data uh, earlier today. Millennials outnumber baby boomers in Alberta to the tune of 23.3% versus 21.4%. And we, we have more voters. The, the uh, plurality of voters in Alberta's election system is geared towards millennials. So I would argue because of that, we drive the discussion and the discourse. And there has to be a conscious push by the different parties to say, how do we serve our interests? How do we make it so that millennials are at the front of the dialogue and being able to shape the debate? Mm -hmm. And so the one thing I would say for people uh, who are listening to like, you know, advocate for the things that are important to them, because parties are listening and they've been doing polling on this for the months leading up to now. And, uh, they, you know, they have their plans set and their policies. Uh, but like if you make make. Uh, known on social media, contacting directly the candidates and the individual offices who come uh, in the individual campaigns, like let them know what is happening with the central campaigns. More importantly, know what's happening, uh, what your issues are. Say, hey, I'm a voter who's open to voting for you, but you are not talking about X, Y, Z. And, you know, I'm, me and 20 of my friends care about this and what is going on. Now, I'm not saying that's going to make, you know, make, uh, uh, create a policy announcement for you, but that's going to drive more attention from the political parties to those causes you care about. And it's always the vocal, those who are vocal about them, uh, the uh, issues they care about are the ones who get uh, noticed. And so, so make yourself known, uh, comment on, you know, the post here on LinkedIn when we share this and we'll sort of take that as well. So, yeah, well, something incredible. And the reason why we led the discussion with, door knocking, canvassing, and this weekend's activities 
is because some old tactics of the parties of yore have fallen a little by the wayside. I'm not sure about you, but when I get a phone call from a random number, I might just let it go to voicemail, purely because it's either trying to sell me on some, uh, uh, some duck cleaning service, or one a thing or another, or tech support, which is okay, but... So, phone canvassing has had a noticeable drop for so many of these parties. So the one-on-one -on -one contact at the door, dialing it up with, uh, you probably received a text message already. Yeah, Amy from the Conservatives or whoever, uh, Jerry from the NDP, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and they're trying to find ways to connect. And one additional element to layer on top of that is that communication amongst group by group. It's your friend circle, your friend group, having those folks engaged in a dialogue, those almost not social social media campaigns, but social campaigns where we have a fulsome dialogue about issues. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those elements of how do we, the different parties are trying to go, hey, how do we actually have conversations of substance with people this election? Yeah. So cool. Okay, we're going to move on to our uh, last segment here. It's been a been fun. But again, just to summarize, check out Vote Compass on CBC. The link will be in the show notes to see where you kind of line up uh, politically. Some, the results might surprise you. Um, I guess from both the parties, at least we know, at least they're promising or committing uh, that they're not going to raise taxes, uh, income tax in Albertans at the very least. Uh, we'll see how that pans out and the impacts of that. And then this weekend, expect a lot of people at your door from different parties and, uh, and you know, engage them. They're just volunteers. So if you want to be hostile, I mean, that's your prerogative. But you can also just engage them in conversations and they'll be more than happy to, uh, you know, talk to you. I've been a door knocker and I've enjoyed all my conversations, lots of stories. Maybe we'll have a door knocking story segment later. Oh, so. oh, we should talk about people answering the doors without pants. Yeah, naked people. Oh my God. Oh. I don't know why. Why? Why did you open the door when you're, anyways. <laughs> uh, there, there's, there's some door knocking hazards as they were. Yeah. <laughs> but in the same breath, we do have some stories about some of our campaigners, volunteers in 2015 saved a guy who was actually collapsed underneath a pile. Right, of right. Oh my God. We, I forgot our, yeah. our campaign saved a life. Yeah. And then uh, there was another case most recently in the recent federal election where, uh, Omar, you joke about being hostile with a door knocker. Someone actually came to fisticuffs and uh, tried to knock a volunteer out at the door. Oh, my God. Well, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't get physical. But yeah. be passionate if you have to be, you know. Exactly. Um, all right. So what are we... What do we want to leave uh, everyone listening uh, to? And you know, my mom because she's in the new in the podcast yeah. game, so she kind of wants to hear some Canadian podcast listening in Bhopal, sitting in Bhopal, India. I kid, but I, I probably have to call her and you know. Help so I was looking at our analytics, and I did notice we have a listenership in India. You know, <laughs> as long as we've got our listenership in the world's largest democracy, you know, we can't go wrong. And we're getting people interested in the Alberta election out in Punjab and. And all these things, oh, it's my relatives. It's okay. So, okay. So what, what are some cool places, you know, other pods or articles that people can 
kind of you know check out if they want to get a fun way of understanding the election what's going on so i'll let you go first and then I'll so we've scratched an itch now you want to get more yeah i recommend cbc's west of center it's a podcast that's been focusing on prairie issues for the last two years or so available wherever podcasts are hosted and they do in-depth interviews with various policymakers, political campaigners and more so it's really interesting interviews and i would recommend mm -hmm. and so the other one uh, a lot of those who follow politics in alberta uh, listen to is called the strategist they're kind of known as sports talk for radio a uh, bunch of interesting people they've got uh the former campaign manager for uh the uh, mayor of calgary both of them because uh, there's they managed one managed the earlier one and the other one managed the re-election right right one for nenshi one for jyoti gondek and then uh and then they've got uh someone who's been involved with the alberta liberal so they're fun they've been around for a long time uh their insights on uh, politics outside of Canada are suspect, but they would definitely know what they're talking about and, uh, when it comes to Alberta. Uh, then the other one I'll kind of uh, talk about... Uh, we got to bring up Dave Berta. Yeah, so Dave Berta, this guy, his name is Dave Cornway, I think. Exactly. He's out of Edmonton, and he's been, I think, blogging and podcasting since the early 2000s. And uh, or the noughties, the aught, I don't know, whatever, I don't know what you call that. The aughts. The aughts, the aughts. Anyways, so his website is daveberta.ca, and he maintains, if you want to find out your local candidate, you can use the official Alberta election, Elections Alberta website, but Dave does a really good thing of like listing every single candidate for every single party in every single writing, and then providing you links to their social media, and maybe some information about them. And so it's a good sort of repository for everything Alberta politics. He's uh, really earnest, really, really um, uh, well-researched and, uh, you know, sought after when it comes to uh, sort of just, uh, he, I think he's like a modern-day Alberta elections historian in his own way. Oh, he's built up two decades of knowledge. In addition to, he's an active participant in our political discourse as well. Mm -hmm. He used to be a former political staffer. He worked for a spell, and I think he still does, with the uh, uh, Union of Nurses. Okay. So being twinning this stage of both advocate, person involved, but also someone who's just plain all out fun to listen to on podcasts. Yeah. And then you've got a, uh, you've got a website, right? So. Oh, okay. So side bed of mischief. Uh, in a previous career, I used to work in uh, Ottawa with the uh, Minister for Persons with Disabilities. And we passed the Accessible Canada Act. So there's a group of folks, there's north of 200 organizations that have gotten together. Not a podcast, but what they do is they're engaging with Calgarians and Albertans writ large on the issue of an Accessibility Act for Alberta. So we'll have it in the show notes. It's barrierfreeab.ca. And one of the elements of it is give it a glance. Mm -hmm. There's campaigns throughout the province right now. Many nonprofits have their own uh, election kits that they've published. So if you have a favorite group of, you know, uh, nonprofit advocates, be it like the Calgary Chamber of Volunteer Organizations, or if you're in the construction industry with the Calgary Construction Association, or you hang out at the chamber from time to time, well, there's a whole host of 
packages that they put together of things to think about when you're voting this election and ways to encourage your preferred politician or politicians in your locale to engage on your issues. Mm -hmm. Great. So then we'll leave you with this as we'll put our link to all our you know different uh, uh, podcast feeds on you know our podcast is available wherever podcasts are available now. Uh, yeah. But uh, we also have our email addresses, so you put our you can either comment uh, down in the uh, on the post or or uh, email us. Uh, the the link will be provided. And we're taking questions. So any questions you have, we'll do our best to answer them. We'll publish those uh, pods, I think on Mondays or Tuesdays, depending on how things are going, how many questions we get. And uh, yeah, so send us your questions. Any questions, fine. If you want us to shout, or, or shout outs, if you want us to just shout you out and shout out something cool you're doing, uh, we can do that too. So, you know, we can do a couple, couple of go wells and those kinds of things as well, so. Right. I, I, I note my lack of shame. I am completely willing to give shout outs to some of my favorite campaigns in the city. Yeah, and if you're a campaign, let us know. We're happy to shout you out. And, you know, if you've got an event coming up, any party, I mean, there's some parties perhaps, uh, you know, we might not. But if, if you're the Rhino party or the Lemon party or whoever, you know, or any party, just let us know. We're happy to uh, promote your events if you're trying to get people there, you know, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all soon. So everybody, remember to vote. Advanced voting starts. 23rd ends on the 27th. Election day is May 29th. And we look forward towards having a conversation with you. Awesome. All right. Well, I guess that's our episode. Yeah, I, I guess I have to hit the button, don't I? How do we end this? How do we end this? Okay, just hit the button. Find it. Find it. <laughs>